Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Would you open up your Bibles to the book of Psalm? chapter 63. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Tony. Uh, my wife and I are the lead pastors here at Lacey. We're so glad to have you here in our midst. And we're continuing our series that we've called Focus. And we're talking about the vision, the mission of, of us as a local church. And over the next five weeks, we've been talking about, or we're going to continue to talk about our five values that drive us. And today I want to talk to you about this idea of being a people that are presence driven. I don't know if you can tell, but we love the presence of God around here. Uh, and so the book of Psalms, chapter 63, verses 1 through 8. I know I just had you sit down, but I'm going to have you stand for the reading of the word of the Lord one more time. You know what, you know what it's like if you're a legacy member. You know this. We, we, we keep you in shape this way. You get strong quads, okay? The word of the Lord says this in Psalm 63, 1 through 8. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon your sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. Come on. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Why do we lift hands? Here we go. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And everybody that likes steak says amen. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Sorry if you're a vegan. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand uphold me. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray now that you would open up our hearts, open up our ears. Lord, to be able to receive what you have for us this morning through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now you can go ahead and be seated. Uh, before we jump into today's message, uh, I want to I just give a quick shout out to all of our Legacy Kids volunteers and Legacy Youth volunteers. This last Friday, not yet, not yet, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second, because this last Friday, Friday night, if you got to go on a, out on a date without your kids, it's because we gave you a parents' night out, and we had over 40-some kids here, uh, all, all young people volunteering in our kids' church, so wherever Ashley and Danny are at, thank you to our kids' directors, and thank you to all of you that made that happen. Huge shout out to you guys. Um, so excited about what God's doing. Uh, and as you know, as I just mentioned, we're, we're in this series that we've called Focus. And over the next few weeks, uh, we'll continue to break out the vision, the mission of our, of our house, the values that drive us. We are going to, and I want to do one and let you know, we're going to take a break uh, beginning February 20th from this series as we move into the Lent series leading up to Easter. So on your way out, I want to encourage you, you can swing by the merch booth uh, and along with like t-shirts and all that stuff, we've got two books for you, a, a men's version of a Bible study and a women's version of a Bible study that 
we're going to be doing together as a church beginning February 20th. Say with me, February 20th. So it's not this Monday, but next Monday, that's when we begin that Lent reading series together. So I want to make sure that you get in on that. By the way, the merch booth, anytime you purchase something uh, from youth, that's like youth merch, that's going to go to help us fund camp and do all the amazing things that youth does. And anytime you buy just like regular church merch that we've just launched, that's all going to go into our building campaign, which is what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks as well. But today I got a story for you. Uh, As you know, if you know me, uh, my wife and I got married when we were pretty young. In fact, uh, I was barely 20 years old and I remember she's walking down the aisle and I looked at my dad and I go, I don't even know how to do my own taxes. Like, what am I doing, right? The reality hit me. And how many of you know that, that at least in my case, uh, when we first got married, we were young, broke, and a little reckless. Come on. And uh, we, we were college students, and so we, we couldn't really afford a lot of things. And I remember the very first car that we ever purchased was a 1996 Dodge Neon. It was ugly green, y'all. It was ugly green. And, and uh, in addition to that, what we, what we also got was a 49cc moped, right? Right? And uh, I don't know about you, but I, like I said, I was a little reckless. And so um, this one day, uh, Sophia, my wife, is, is driving the Dodge Neon down the freeway. And back then, we were so broke, guys. I, like, I had like three jobs just to try to make ends meet, right? Like I was teaching music lessons. And then at that time, I was interpreting at medical offices and trying to do this and that. And so I get a phone call between appointments. And it's Sophia. She goes, I'm stuck on the side of the road. I'm on the freeway. I'm literally in the right lane. People are trying to help push the car out of the way. But I need you to come rescue me. The car just, just stopped. Like it just stopped running in the, in the middle of the freeway, right? And so I'm like, I'm coming. Right? You guys know 49 cc's, man. I'm telling you, you top that thing out at 34 miles per hour. And I'm literally, I'm on the freeway, y'all, because I got I to save my baby, right? Uh, don't worry, just to give you, you know, some peace, I've upgraded to a, a Harley Davidson Road Glide. We're good now, okay? So we're, we're good, we're good, we're good. And, and so... So I pull up, I pull up next to her. She's now on the kind of, you know, on the, on the shoulder. Somebody had helped her push the car there. And, and gentlemen, you know, you know what we do, gentlemen. Even if we don't know what we're doing, what do we do? We pop the hood. <laughs> so I pop the hood. Let me see here. No idea what I'm looking at, yeah? I think the distributor rotator cuff is leaky and the blinker fluid is missing, right? Like, and what I didn't know, because I was reckless, is that that car was leaking oil. The motor was leaking oil, and what happened was because I was reckless and I did not check the engine oil, uh, the thing ran out of oil. I'm, I'm getting some nods. You guys have experienced this too, right? And so the motor was shot. The motor was shot. I'm like, how long did you drive it like this? You're the one that's supposed to check this, right? What does that have to do with anything that we're talking about? Well, if we're going to be talking about the presence of God, first of all, we've got to understand that we as vessels leak. We're the kind of people that whether we let things in or not, eventually those things leak out of us. Whether it's through culture, whether it's through our spiritual walk, we are a vessel that leaks. And the reality is there's something that has to constantly fill us in order to fuel us. 
And if we're talking about the five values that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, as we talked about last week, we're going to be a people that are faithful to the word of God. Today, I want to talk to you about being a presence-driven church. We must first understand that there is a lifelong longing in every human being to be able to find what only can be found in Christ alone and in his presence. You see, I don't know about you, but you and I can find several different sources to be filled up with, and we're only going to be faced that all of those things are going to eventually let us down. Because there's nothing like the person or the power or the presence of Jesus. Did you know that in you, you were created, and because you were created, there is a creator, and the creator is the only thing that can fulfill you? There's this natural longing in us, though, to be filled. St. Augustine said it this way, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are, check this out, restless until they can find rest in you. And there's something beautiful about experiencing not only God with us, but God among us, God through us in his spirit. And so today I want to give you again, you know this, how many things do I want to give you today? Three things. I want to give you three things about the presence of God. Number one, there's something beautiful about the personal communion that you and I are invited to with his omnipresence. Omnipresence is just a, a Bible word for it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You can experience it everywhere and anywhere. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. And look at this word. Earnestly. I seek you. There's an intentionality behind this. My soul thirsts for you. It speaks to this longing and this aching that every human experiences to need something that can only come from this source. My flesh faints for you. Can you hear the desperation? As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. There is a longing in every human soul. You're always going to long for something. But the question today is, who and what will you look to to satisfy that longing? Because we have a creator and the creator created our hearts and knows our hearts and has weaved us together. And how many of you know some of us are real complicated, so he's very creative. Come on. You can elbow your neighbor. That's okay. And we won't find rest until we find rest within that creator. And have you noticed how noisy our lives can be? Have you noticed how, how when you ask someone, hey, how you doing? Usually the, the answer you get to that question is, I'm busy. I'm busy. Life's busy. Busy. It's busy. It's busy. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing to have a full life. But have you noticed that unless we intentionally pause and stop, noise and busyness will consume us? And the psalmist here is actually making a great point beginning in that first verse that there is an earnestly, it means I've got an intentionality where I am causing myself to stop and pause and be with you in this moment. Let me say it to you this way. I'm adapting a quote from one of my favorite preachers, Pastor Jude Fuquay, he said it this way, spiritual formation is not a random exercise, but one that involves discernment and discipline of recognizing and practicing the personally felt presence of God that is life-changing. 
It's not a random exercise. There's an intentionality that involves discernment and, 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 and discipline, recognizing and practicing the personally felt presence of God. That is life-changing. I'll say it to you this way. Without the presence of God, there is no follower of Jesus. And I'll take it a step further. And without a follower of Jesus, who will carry the presence of God to the uttermost parts of the world? C.S. Lewis, I know I'm giving you a lot of quotes, but I just want to show off that I read every once in a while. Is that okay? It's all audiobooks anyway, right? So I'm just kidding. The f- promise you it's the fi- final quote for today. C.S. Lewis said it this way. I love this. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, then the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. There's a longing in every soul. And the beautiful thing is this. Enter Jesus. Oh my gosh, by the way, someone asked me the other day, when are you going to get off the Jesus and the gospel thing? Brother, never. Like, you don't, can I just tell you this? Quick parentheses. You don't move on from the gospel. You don't outgrow the gospel. You don't mature out of the gospel. Okay, the the gospel drives everything. What's the gospel? The great news that this God who could not relate with sin sees humanity and its depravity and goes, I've got the solution. And so instead of his presence now being relegated to time, to space, to a specific chosen person that now comes and advocates for me, he sends his son. Come on. This is the most beautiful message you'll ever hear in your entire life where you and I don't deserve it, yet Jesus makes a way now for you and I to experience the presence of God anywhere, anywhere we, 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 we choose to accept it. So he tears the veil that once separated us, right? Second Corinthians says that now with the veil torn, we can, we can actually behold his full glory with unveiled faces. This is what Jesus comes to do. And because there's this beauty in knowing the personal presence of God in our lives, you and I do not have to be limited to a time or space. We can accept the invitation at any time to meet with him. I'm not going to read all these scriptures to you, but if you're taking notes, this is why we give you a bulletin and we encourage you, if we're going to be a faithful to the word church, that you take notes, you go home and read through this. But see Jeremiah 23, 24, Proverbs 15, 3, Colossians 1, 17, Psalms 139, 7 through 10. I'm sorry that it's not on the screen. It, it was kind of a last minute thing. Jeremiah 23, 24, Proverbs 15, 3, Colossians 1, 17. Psalms 139, 7 to 4. Not only that, but not only is the presence of God available to you at any time, but now coupled with the fact that we get to relate with him, you and I can begin to experience transformation in our lives. Did you know that the Holy Spirit of God, that the presence of God is actually a gift to you? It's actually, uh, you know, and I understand, I said this first service, I want to say it to you, second service. I understand right now in the season we're in as a church, there is a plurality of backgrounds here represented. We're in a new season as a church, a lot of new people, a lot of new folks, you come from different backgrounds, and maybe you hear about the presence of God or the Holy Spirit, and you kind of, it's kind of like that weird step uncle that you don't want to ever invite to the holidays, right? Like, we have no problem hearing about God. Some of us are totally cool with Jesus, especially if it's like hippie and hipster Jesus, right? But then we bring in the Holy Spirit, and it's kind of, whoa, my hope today is that you would begin even to move the needle in the direction of being able to experience the tangible presence of God through his spirit in your life. 
in order for you and I to, to walk in this invitation of his personal omnipresence, we must first understand that practically speaking, this doesn't happen by happenstance. There's an intentionality behind it. And I want to encourage you, and with all the noise, with all the busyness, you and I must learn what it is to be present in this very moment right here. But if you're anything like me, you're usually anxious about what's to come, or you're depressed about what took place. Therefore, you can't be present in the moment. Anybody? And the Spirit of God allows you and I to have an intentionality in meeting with him and going, give me today my daily bread. I want to be with you. God. I don't want to miss this moment. God, I, I earnestly and intentionally commune with his presence. This requires an, a, a, a purposeful intentionality, being present, like I said, and check this out, the most unpopular one, being willing to sit in silence at times. I don't know about you, but I'm tempted to fill my schedule and fill the air with sound so that I don't have to sit in the presence of God in silence. Because it's in the silence where he begins to deal with the painful things in my heart. It's in the silence that he begins to, to, to rip some things out of me that shouldn't be there. But I'm telling you, there's a beauty in the personal presence of God. The psalmist says, like a dry and weary land. I know some of you, uh, you know, you're not as nerdy as me and you don't always want to hear all about like the original verbiage and what it means and all that stuff. But just, just kind of go with me for a second, okay? This idea of dry and weary land in the original language, it infers a personal craving, a longing and a searching and a need that can only be satisfied by one source. And I wonder today, are you that desperate for the presence of God? Or have we so cheapened what the presence of God can do in our lives by replacing it with other things that temporarily fill us, temporarily offer maybe a little bit of reprieve, but doesn't actually satisfy us? You know, what's beautiful is that the psalmist doesn't just leave it at a personal experience, though. And this leads me to my second point today. There's something to be said about the corporate communion with his presence. Look at this, Psalm 63, 2. Are you with me? It says, so I have looked upon your sanctuary, the gathering of the saints now together. The psalmist moves from an inward focus of the presence of God to now a corporate presence of God, where we together gather and experience. This psalm is a psalm where he is longing to be in communion of the saints together to corporately experience the presence of God, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift my hands. Here you go. You're wondering why we're crazy around here and why we lift hands and sing songs. Here you go. It's exemplified for us. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Yes, hear me, church. Yes, your personal and private experience with his presence is absolutely crucial. But my friend, do not limit it to just that. The corporate gathering of the saints, when we come together and we praise him and we lift him up, we lift up holy hands, we declare with our lips and usher in his presence in a special way that only can happen through a united people coming together. Yeah. 
This is, why, this is why we like to say around here that everything can change in just one moment in his presence. Things can begin to change. Don't lose this. Don't lose what I'm about to say. In a culture, Christian culture even, that says all you need is God and Spotify. All you need is God in this podcast. All you need is God in this perfectly curated YouTube playlist of worship songs. All you need is God and, and, and your iTunes account. Now, I'm not saying those things are, are not good for you in the private life. There's something to be said. Do not be fooled that the word of God is clear when it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And some of y'all are waiting for me to go a little old school on you. So here you go. King James Version, Psalms 22. Here's what it says. But thou art holy and thou inhabitest the praises of Israel. Let's get nerdy for a second. This word inhabit in the Hebrew word yashab means he sits, he remains, and he dwells. Check this out. This word praises in this, in this original language, tequila, not tequila. Please don't be confused. <laughs> Got some of y'all to wake up. Also, I don't want to hear an email about that one, okay? <laughs> tequila means a corporate song of praise. Not a private. Now, there's, there's space for you to experience God privately. But we're talking about now what it's like when he comes and he sits with his people. He makes us his dwelling place when we gather together and lift up praises together. Can I tell you that when the king shows up, something happens. When the king shows up, things begin to shift. You know me and and you know I like to tell stories because... I just don't have anything else to tell. Like, I just got my own stories to tell, right? So here's another story. And, and please don't hear this as me trying to, like, earn points with my wife, okay? But, I mean, but when she's worthy of points, it's fine. Anyway, that's another point. That's another point. When we first met, Sophia and I, uh, my, my dad was a, a pastor as well. And he was a pastor of a Spanish-speaking congregation. And I hope what I'm about to say doesn't offend anybody. But we were, we were, our, our congregation was a little crazy that we were known in town as, as the, the black church for brown people. <laughs> like, that's what they said about, about our church. Because, like, services were, like, four hours long. There's, like, you know, a preacher wouldn't preach unless there was an organ and a handkerchief. Come on, you know this, right? Like, and some of you know this. Like, some of you, like, and, and check this out. Like, it's four-hour-long services. It's crazy. People run around. People are, like, some of y'all are, like, I can barely stand your 55-ish minute sermons. Yeah, well, get used to it, buddy. Anyway, and... Uh, so think, like, I, I, I'll never forget the first Sunday I invited Sophia. We were just dating, right? Or if you ask my parents, we weren't dating. We just went from friends to married. Anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> she was my special friend. <laughs> I, re- I remember I brought her to, to church this, this Sunday, and I mean, things are getting crazy, right? Like the organ player's dripping in sweat, and we're, we're just go- running around like crazy. And, and Sophia, if you know Oregon, she, she grew up in good old little Oregon City, right? Where like, you know, what do you do for fun? You tip cows. Okay. And, and she grew up in, in an evangelical church, y'all. So we're talking, you wear a prim and proper dress. You don't raise your hands. You don't shout. You don't. And she's looking around like, dear God, (laughs) let me tell you one thing though. So let me tell you one thing. 
And if you know, there's people even in this room right now that, that knew us back then and even knew me when, since I was a little kid, nine-year-old kid. So they know that this is true. I watched as, as this woman literally gave up her culture in order to learn a culture. And if you ask her why that is, is because on that first Sunday, she will tell you she experienced the presence of God in a way she had never experienced it before. And it began to create a love for a people she didn't know, a language she didn't know. Come on. And I kid you not, overnight, overnight, she learned Spanish. Overnight. Literally, from one day to the next, that, that moment in the presence of God triggered something in her. And Sophia went on to lead worship, preach, prophesy, teach it for years in Spanish when we led a Spanish congregation together. And it was all in one moment in the presence of God that began to trigger this and began a process in her. I'm telling you, and no offense to her, but if he can do it in her, he can do it in you. There's something that can take place in the corporate gathering of the saints. One of the most beautiful examples that I have heard, speaking of Sophia again, uh, of corporate worship and, and, and what it means is actually a teaching Sophia developed that she's taught even to our worship team. And I'm taking a quote out of her and just giving her some credit for it. Here, here's what it says. God is moved by the gathering of the saints, experiencing his presence, much like a big family gathering around a table, just how the father or the grandfather looks out and just loves what he sees. So too does the father look upon his children with great fondness and fulfillment in his heart. I know some of you maybe have never experienced what it's like to have Papa at the end of the table looking at you. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that maybe that's about been your experience. Here's what's beautiful about the gospel of Jesus is he makes a seat at the table for you and I. And when we come together as a family, here's God the Father sitting at the head of the table going, look at my children. And the fondness that fills his heart. Can you imagine if an earthly father, an earthly grandfather feels this? Can you imagine what our heavenly father feels when we gather corporately and we love him and we lift him up and he sits around and he sits back and he goes, Oh, that was the guy that was once lost. That was the sheep I gave up the 99 for. That's so-and-so. That, this is who I am well-pleased in. Can you imagine? Church. In, in a culture that says all you need is God. And I get it. You can experience him in your car. Please do on your way to work. Please do it. Absolutely. But there's nothing that can replace the gathering of the saints to corporately usher in the presence of God. I'm going to preach this till the cows come home, y'all. He wants to be seen by his children. He longs for us to know him intimately. He knows that as we, I want you to hear this. He, he knows that as we enter the temple of his presence in worship, that with each glimpse of his glory and every moment of awesome revelation, he'll gain a little more of our hearts. And he knows that our passion to come back for more will only grow as our picture of him grows. Gradually, we realize that with each of those glimpses, there is so much more to our God than we could ever imagine. So we don't just get crazy just for crazy's sake. I want to encourage you just because maybe you hear about a testimony like this or you hear a story like this where, where it, just in a moment of in the presence of God, things can change and things can get loose and, and you're going, this hasn't happened to me yet. It does not mean it's not real. I want to encourage you to stay open. Keep believing that he's able. 
When we stop believing and we grow cold and bitter, we close off our hearts to the work that the Spirit is wanting to do in our lives. So continue to remain in His presence. Continue to abide in His presence. Continue, hear me, positioning yourself to receive what only He can do. And then, just let Him do it. Everything can change in one moment. Number three, the secret sauce. The secret sauce. The manifestation of the Spirit of God. The manifestation, experiencing the manifestation of His presence is a secret sauce. I mentioned earlier that I am well aware there's a plurality of backgrounds represented in the room and online right now. And I understand there's, there's several of you that maybe when we talk about the presence of God and we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's, it, it's either like a, a tension point or you've been taught something incorrectly or maybe you've experienced it in a manipulative setting and it's kind of like this out of control weird, again, that step uncle you don't want to invite over to, to, to the holidays, right? And it's almost this weird thing. Uh, I'm hopeful today that you can begin to get some healing in that area, move the needle a little bit over to open in your heart to understanding that th- this is the secret sauce to our lives. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a lot of you maybe that really love our worship here at Legacy Church. Like how many would you say, like how many of you would go, man, I, there's just something about worship here that I really love, right? Like, um, and, and again, this is not like a, a brag on me, but like you would say half of Tony's points are decent. Like it's okay. Sometimes he makes me cry. Sometimes he makes me laugh. Sometimes he makes me angry. Um, can I tell you why uh, you, you experience even the warmth when you come in and you go, man, there's just a warmth to this place. Like people are nice. And literally just first service, I had a brand new couple say, it, it didn't feel fake. It didn't feel like they were checking off boxes. It, like, have you ever experienced that here? Okay, let me tell you, that's the presence of God. That's the, what you love about this place. Oh man, I got to say this very clearly. And I understand some of y'all are visiting. I get it. And welcome. Okay. Okay. Welcome. Check us out again. We're not going to get off this thing. What you love about this place is driven by the presence of God. It's not the lights. It's not the production. Let me tell you, there are better communicators than me. I am well aware of that. Now more handsome. I'll question it. Okay. I know who I is. I'm kidding. No, but I'm, I'm serious. I know there's better production out there. there there's, there's a more attractive speaker out there. There's better communication out there. YouTube's full, full of it, right? Like you, you can experience. What you love about Legacy Church is that we are a presence-driven people that have understood that the secret sauce to what we do is the manifestation of God himself through his spirit indwelling in and around and through people. And that's where the secret sauce is at. You don't believe me? Acts 1, 8. This is Jesus speaking to, to his disciples that already believed. So they'd already, they, they, were, they were already believers, but they hadn't experienced the manifestation of the Spirit of God in their lives. And so before he ascends to heaven, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's his manifested presence that empowers you and I. And this word power, you'll receive power. 
Again, here you go with the original, the original text, dudamis. That's where we get this, this word, uh, dynamite. It's an explosion. It's, it's a catalyst. Yes. Yes. Let me plainly tell it to you like this. I understand that some of you hear this about the Holy Spirit and you cringe or it kind of it kind of makes you twitch a little bit, right? Like, like I said, you're cool with God. You're definitely cool with hipster Jesus. But man, Holy Spirit, like what, what's that? Is that like the guy that like makes you say things like, I should have bought a Hyundai? Like what, what is that like, <laughs> right? Like what, what is this? I'm, I'm gonna get there, don't worry. I know I'm being comical right now, but I'm gonna get there. This is, get ready, because what I'm about to drop is like what we in church world call heavy revies, a heavy revelation. Wait for this. Because guys, this is why I went to Bible college, what I'm about to say. This is why they pay me the big bucks around here. This is why I'm el pastor, I'm telling you. You ready for this? It's not the Holy Spirit that's weird. It's people that are weird. There you go. You're welcome. There's your heavy revy for the day. Walk away with it. Some of you are looking at me with offensive eyes. You're weird, I'm weird, we're all weird. Like the Holy Spirit ain't weird. It's people that are weird. And if you and I can't accept our quirks and our weirdness, then we're going to be stuck there for a while. So I want to encourage you, accept that weirdness. Like just work through that. Dude, we're all weird. I know that was a huge revelation. That's, again, that's why they pay me all the money that they do, y'all. But here's, here's, what I do. You, here's what I do want to say to all of you. Is yes, every believer has a spirit of God in him when he or she gives their life over to Jesus. I mean, 1 Corinthians 2.13 even says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit, right? So I can't even actually give my life under the Lordship of Jesus without first experiencing the Spirit of God. But there is something about the manifestation, the baptism of the Spirit of God coming upon your life that gifts you with specific things. That there's, there's this thing now that you're operating uh, not out of your flesh and not out of your own limitations. How many of you know we're limited? But now you're operating out of something that has been dwelt in you. And boy, is his manifestation generous. Okay, I'm going to talk to some of my most loved, most revered charismatics in the room. Again, plurality, okay? I grew up in this, Okay. But no, it is not we believe in the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's not just the tongue thing. You hear Spirit of God and you immediately go there because you've heard Christians say, with the, where is that in, the, in my Bible? Because here, here's what I'm going to say to you. I'm going I'm to let God speak for himself. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. I know I'm about to push some buttons, but I hope it's the Bible that pushes your buttons. Now, there are a variety of gifts. Not a single gift. Not one evidence to I've experienced the Spirit of God. No, there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in a select group of people that speak in tongues. To everyone. To each is given the manifestation, there's that word of the spirit for the common good. 
It goes on to say, for to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, elbow your neighbor and go, you need some of this. Come on. Yeah, you know you need some wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. I, I just went through an entire list and finally got to tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by, by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one, check this out, individually as he wills. So let me talk now to those of you that maybe have been hurt by this or you have felt like less of a Christian because you don't do this thing called speaking in tongues or this thing that we idolize because it's not on stage, this thing that isn't just visible to everyone. And we idolize all the gifts that are seen and heard and we diminish wisdom and we diminish faith and we diminish being able to walk into a room and distinguish what's going on here. Let me talk to some of you and tell you, I may not have been the person that hurt you for that, but I'm sorry that you were taught incorrectly. And I hope that the spirit of God today will come and bring healing to that area and that you would remain open to still experiencing his manifestation because he wants to give it to you. He wants to freely give to you these gifts. Notice that we do tend to idolize things like what's visible, prophesying, Speaking of all these things, by the way, I'm also not minimizing those things. There's power in those things. And, and by the way, I said this is first service. I, I, we're going to actually do a, a series on this because I, I feel the need to, I need the need for speed. I need, I feel the need to be able to, to teach this well. Because it is what's going to actually drive us to become the people God has called us to be. Without the spirit of God operating in our lives, we, we can't, y'all. You can have knowledge, totally. You can have understanding. You can have the word. You can, have, you can be a faithful giver to the house of God. You can be faithful to coming every Sunday. You could show up to small group. But without the spirit of God, the secret sauce in your life to empower you to do what you can't do for yourself, church, we're selling them short. And careful not to idolize what happens on a platform or what is always seen. In fact, I would venture to say that the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit has more to do with my private life and what is unseen that in return has a greater effect than what is seen. Now, of course, what I'm going to talk about, you know, in, in the series, I'm going to talk about where prophecy has a place, where, 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 all, where healing, all that stuff has a place. But we are a people of his presence. Band, you can come on up. Otherwise, I'll never end. Are you getting something out of this today? Okay. I hope so. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave the, the manifestation of his presence at that right now because I really do. I, I got to break this out properly. So this is what I, I want to I begin to land the plane, okay? So you can buckle your seatbelts and, and, and just get ready. Hopefully, it's not a turbulent landing. Legacy Church, we are a people of his presence. We are committed to pursue his presence.
we must long for his presence. It is only his presence that will fulfill and empower us. It's what should fuel what we do. It transforms us. It molds us. Church, without the presence, the believer does not exist. And without a presence-filled believer, the world doesn't know. I don't know about you, but there are areas in my life that I can't seem to overcome at times. That no matter how much knowledge, no matter how much understanding, no matter how much help I get, until I tap into the spirit of God that allows me to operate outside of myself and my own strength, that I begin to actually be molded into the person that Christ has called me to be. And I got to end with this. And I actually wrote it down because I got to say it word for word to you. Because if I'm honest with you, and we say that all the time as pastors, and it's like, wait, have we been lying this whole time? (laughs) But if if I continue to be honest with you, as a pastor, one of my greatest frustrations, and quite frankly, if I'm able to say this, is fears, is that you would walk out of here not convinced that with his manifested presence, you are more powerful than you're currently choosing to walk in. You see, I I believe some of us have so sold ourselves and the spirit of God short that we don't think we are powerful to do what needs to be done. Now, what I'm about to say might seem like an oxymoron, but I'll, I'll, I'll land the plane, I promise you. Might seem like a contradiction, but I'll land the plane. You see, I believe because we have not operated in the manifested presence of God in our lives, we've sold the power that's operating within us, Christ in you, hope of glory, operating in you, we've sold it short that we all think we're third string players. So we practice like third string players and we play like third string players and then we live like third string players. Well, we're just kind of the subs. God's got better people for that. God's got starters for that. And God's looking around going, did you see the 12 I chose? Like, did you see the jokers I chose? Like ordinary third string players. So here's where it might seem like a contradiction. Yes, indeed, you and I are third string players. But when the power and the, and the manifestation of the presence of God indwells in us, oh my friend, there's more power in you than in he who is in the world. And you gotta walk out of here convinced that those things that are haunting you, those things that are breaking you, those things that got a hold on you, those things that you can't seem to let go, there is a power in you to overcome. Because not only did you receive Christ as that which which comes to save you from those things, but now you have the indwelling of the Spirit of God to empower you to live a better day. Come on, you gotta believe this. Stop looking for someone who's more qualified. Because here's the deal. The kingdom of God isn't built by first string players. And I, I got to get strong about this. I, I know I get a little crazy sometimes with y'all, but let, like, just let me finish on a you know, strong note here. The kingdom of God is not built on first string players that everyone looks at and goes, oh, look at how wonderful they are. Look at how rich they are. Look at how good looking they are. Look at how gifted they are. This is what our culture has created. Look at all the power they've got. 
No, no, no. The kingdom of God is seen and built not on how awesome and educated and well off that you are. No, no, no. My brother and my sister, the kingdom of God is seen and built through his power moving through regular Joe Blows like you and me. Regular people that have decided to not sell what the spirit of God can do in and through us short. So yes, at your conversion, you receive power to overcome sin and darkness. But let me tell you, just as Acts 1.8 says, you and I need this power, this dynamite power to live in the now and the not yet. Because how many of y'all know that Jesus hasn't come back yet? And so we need some power to hang on even at times. This broken world still hasn't experienced the full reconciliation and you can't go at this on your own, on your own merit. This is why we are a presence-driven church. Would you stand to your feet? I'm done talking right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would open up every heart, every soul. God, in this room, Lord, that no matter what experience we do or don't have, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that, that the, the reality of your presence would become a daily thing in our lives. That we would, as we're tapping into your presence on our way to work, maybe we're stay-at-home parents and as we're changing diapers, as we're cooking over the stove, as we're cleaning and vacuuming, we are experiencing your omnipresence. That we begin to see the corporate gathering where we usher in your presence, not as an optional thing, but as a practice to our spiritual formation where we experience a unity and a move of your spirit in our midst that changes our way of thinking, changes our way of, of living, changes our way of speaking, God. And ultimately, Father, my prayer is that the, the manifestation of your spirit would come and we would all be able to experience that in a personal way, in a real way. Not in a weird way, not in a, not in a scary way, God, but in a way that empowers us according to your will, to do your will, God. Father, now as we turn our attention to this last song of worship, I pray that it would be our heart's cry, that we would say you are welcome. You are welcome in our hearts. You are welcome in our minds. You are welcome in our souls to come and do whatever you want to do in and through us, God. Pray for anybody that's in the room or watching online that has not yet made a decision to follow you. I pray that today would be that day. And if you're here in the room and you say you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to begin a relationship with him, I'm going to encourage you to, uh, while we're singing, you can head on over to the prayer corner. We've got people in the back of the room there willing to pray with you, talk you through this, follow up with you. If you're online, let us know. There's somebody in the chat right now waiting to talk to you about this. For the rest of you, we're going to sing this song. I want to encourage you to open up your hearts. And if you need prayer for anything specific as well, you can feel free to head over to the prayer corner at any time. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.